In this episode, we're going to take a look at online property auctions, since they might be here to stay in one form or another, even after lockdown. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. talking about the differences in bidding for property online versus on site or in rooms. Now, this is something that we as buyers agents have had to learn to adapt to through our various lockdowns. So, we want to share with you some of the lessons that we've learnt along the way. But before we get into that, what is your special house this week, Megan? It doesn't look like a house, I have to say. Can you guess what it is? Uh, It looks like a, actually looks like a set of teeth. Um, (laughs) Now, anyone who's just tuning in for the first time, by the way, every we do video these uh, these interview these meetings or you can watch chats them on or whatever YouTube. you call them, yeah. and you can watch them on YouTube. And every time Megan has some bizarre house behind her, uh, and today it looks like the World Trade um, Center. It doesn't actually look like a house. What is it? <laughs> World Trade it does Center. look like a set of teeth. <laughs> it's actually the toilet house. You can find the toilet house in South Korea and it actually has been used for a variety of reasons. You can see all the different um, uh, flags up there at the moment. But the the man who um, actually had that design and built ended up going on to be, I think, the chairman of um, the the Toilet Association in South Korea. So he wanted to encourage people to have good hygiene and use toilets in South Korea. So it was a bit of a bit of a talking point so there you go we go we have the dunny in the back <laughs> uh, now you say that i can sort of see the whole the top uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's anyway a um, have a quick look on youtube if you want to see what they have the toilet house <laughs> jesus that's taken the game you like that all one? right <laughs> under the topic at hand, i love finding options. these backgrounds every week <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got way more time in your hands than i've got clearly <laughs> Google is a good friend of mine. Uh (laughs) All right. So on to online auctions. Fabulous. All right. So I actually... I actually bid on my first online auction back in 2009. So this is not... An online property auction in Wavell Heights. So it was run by, um, you know, a reasonably large franchise, LJ Hooker, um, and that particular office was quite 
you know, they're quite forward in their, their mm. um, use of technology, but they really only ran a few auctions and I only saw one or two other officers running auctions back in that that sort of time frame. Um, and they were, look, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad experience. In fact, I, I didn't mind the way that it was run because it was quite open. It was quite transparent. You could see what the other bids were. Um, it was all unconditional. So it was on auction terms. So it really replicated an auction. Um, now, we didn't really see that concept take off until lockdown forced agents to really have a think about how they would run their auction campaigns during lockdowns. Um, and you know, I think Veronica, you and I would both agree. We've we've bit, both bid on auctions on behalf of clients. My my mm. team have bid on a number of auctions for clients. They didn't really work in the first lockdown because there was so much uncertainty in the market that people really didn't know if they wanted to buy, let alone if they wanted to participate. You know, in this new concept of online auctions, but. There's different ways that these are, are being done and different levels of transparency and some I don't mind and I have to tell you others I hate with a passion the way <laughs> that <too>. they're done. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it is interesting this sort of online auction space and um, one of our very early interviews on the Elephant in the Room podcast, I interviewed David Scholes who's an auctioneer that, that had basically taught me, you know, uh, when I was a sales agent, he was our auctioneer, and he had has created an online platform. But but he had said back then, and this is back in 2018, he'd said that it wasn't really successful. Certainly not in the sort of urban markets. It was more useful when they were doing auctions out of maybe um, a lot of distressed sales, for instance, out in rural areas where buyers might buy there, but they didn't necessarily want to travel out there to go to an auction. So that was sort of mm. how he had developed this software and and then I remember as a buyer's agent a few about maybe 10 or so years ago there was an agent that actually had um, auctioned a property online that was owned by somebody who was actually developing software in this space and so they basically used their own property as a guinea pig and it was a hot market and it got a crazy price and and so there was a lot of buzz around this is the future this is the future but it sort of went nowhere and then, of course, then you've got obviously the last lockdown. And I know Damien Cooley, another auctioneer that we've interviewed on the Elephant podcast, and he had already created this, this platform called Auction Now. And so for them, they were sort of poised, ready to take advantage of the fact that, you know, with lockdown, on-site auctions were immediately banned. There was mm. anyone in the middle of a campaign was either forced to try to sell it prior, withdraw it, or postpone the auction, or actually trans, you know, transfer to this platform. And interestingly enough, there was a lot of resistance. You know, first up, vendors resisted, agents resisted. Nobody likes change. Let's face it. And new technology is a bit scary. And also, the market was full of, like you said, uncertainty. Nobody knew mm. what was going to happen to prices. So why would you compete for something if you're fearful that the price is going to drop off a cliff? And so, yeah, and, you know, and just buyers in general actually withdrew from the market while they sat mm. on their hands and wondered what in the world is going to happen uh, with the economy, with my job with with house prices so just just generally the market actually ground to a halt for a few months and i know from from our buyers agency side of things we did no transactions between the end of march and around everything started to really pick up around sort of august september when activity oh, wow. really started to, to to pick up so that was, you know, you, you would not expect a new platform or a new technology to be taken up easily when people are That's happening. uncertain and, and afraid of the future themselves. Yeah. So 
fast forward a year, you know, Sydney goes back in lockdown. Melbourne's been in and out of lockdowns. Obviously, Brisbane's had your little short and sharp ones. And then in the minute there's a lockdown, you can't have a public auction. Mm. Uh, in in Melbourne, it's, things are a bit different because they've shut down real estate in total. In, in uh, Basically, mm. it's, it's not an essential service, so therefore you can't even inspect property. So a campaign that was sort of midway through and if the agent and the owner felt they had enough interest on the property, they'd still run an auction um, and they would do that online. And and certainly in New South Wales, in Sydney, it's and New South Wales, I guess it's we've been able to continue inspecting properties and so therefore the market's continuing and we've seen some really astounding results on, 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 mm. on site auctions and, sorry, online auctions. And I know that obviously in Brisbane you would have had the odd one because your your shutdowns are nice and short and sharp, not like ours. Yeah, uh, th- they tend to be and, and I guess the last one extended only by a couple of days and, and they managed to knock that um that on the head, which is great. But uh, of course, when we're, we're also Brisbane, uh, Queensland at the moment um, has this tendency to sort of shut the borders. So mm. that affects who's coming and going. But in terms of actual activity and ability to transact and inspect properties and attend auctions, there really hasn't been a huge impact this year on, on uh, an agent's ability to conduct a, you, a, you know, a normal kind of auction campaign. Keeping mm. in mind that in Brisbane and Queensland generally, a very small number of properties are actually auctioned, uh, a yeah. much higher a number are sold by private treaty, which is just where you make an offer and a negotiation and, and, and a contract forms on a property. So it is a smaller part of the market here. Um, we don't see as many. And uh, but but as I say, I think I think we might have participated in maybe six or seven online auctions in the last 12 months. Um, mm. And certainly more so this year than any other um, period of time. But I, I you know, there's the, it's working at the moment, I guess, Veronica, because it's a seller's market, because yep. there's not enough stock, there's loads of FOMO, you know, everybody's scared of missing out on this market. And you were giving me some figures before of of resales that you'd just seen. Mm. I mean, we'll go on top off topic for a moment. But honestly, those resale numbers you were telling me, I think there was one that was like a 40-something percent increase between last year and this year without any improvements being done on the property whatsoever. That's pure market-driven price growth. Absolutely. So what we have seen, as you say, things are different this time around. So there's less hesitancy for agents to bring properties to auction online Mm. and less hesitancy from owners to actually also bring their properties to market online and buyers are lining up in droves and actually bidding. And so we wanted to talk, we've been asked by a few people to say, well, how do we navigate this, this brave new world? So what I've seen, there are three main or three different types of online auctions. There's the Zoom auction, which isn't actually using a specific um, auction platform. It's actually literally using Zoom. And it's sort of funny. I've, I haven't actually bid at a Zoom auction, but I've observed them. And that's really where you've got a whole bunch of people sitting in their lounge rooms, quite often drinking your beer or a glass of red wine. And you've got the Danger, auctioneer. danger. <laughs> You got they're all they're all unmuted, right? And they're all sitting there, and and they're able to bid like in their lounge room, which is mm. sort of a bit weird. And so it's it is quite strange, you know. Look at these faces, and you and look, you can the gallery view, or you can you can scroll across, or whatever. So in in its purest form, in a way, I mean that sort of approximates a live auction where you've got more transparency in that way because you, you can, can see, see the other bidders. faces, mm. you can see them talking to each other. You, if they mute and talk, you know, the, you can see who the auction is sort of directing their attention to. There's a, there's an issue with privacy. Technically, they're not meant to have your name up there, but you know that it's much more difficult for the auctioneer 
uh, or the real estate agent to control certain aspects, you know, in terms of what's happening there. Um, it's raw, you know, and it doesn't use technology other than the video, the live streaming mm-hmm. technology. Um, so that's the first type. The sec- And some agents prefer that and others don't, right? It's probably so- the closest you can get out of the different styles. It's probably the closest you can get to a live auction scenario, yeah. except you're actually looking into people's faces Whereas yeah. in, you know, on site or in rooms at a normal auction, you might be sort of, you know, glancing at them to the side or or looking back to <laughs> see who, who who actually had that bid. So it's a little bit more in your face, I think. Um, and from our point of view, you know, I love that transparency. I love mm. being able to see what people are doing, how they're responding, when an eyebrow gets raised, when, a, when there's a cough, when a couple look at each other, you know, they're all telltale signs. Mm. So that, that kind of format I, I think is quite transparent and, and not a bad format for buyers. No, it's the best for buyers because the next two are less transparent, mm. massively less transparent. So the first of the less, next two, or the second, <laughs> I'm getting really confused here, uh, the second uh, version or, or type of online auction is on one of these platforms, and there's a number of different platforms out there, but it's basically you've got an auctioneer who's on video, and so the auctioneer calls the bids, even though the bidders are all sitting behind on their, their screens or on their phones or however they're actually submitting their bids, they're using the app. They're using the platform yep. to punch the numbers in, uh, actually, and then press send, press bid, right? Yep. And so there's a registration process and there's there's various things you have to do to make sure that you qualify and you can actually bid on the platform. So there's a level of, I guess, security or, or comfort that anyone really bidding is a real bidder, not a dummy bidder, um, but in terms of those securities. But you've mm. got no idea how many people have registered You've got no idea whether they're stressed or not. You've got no idea. You've got nothing. All you see is a number coming up on the screen and you hear the auctioneer calling the bids and doing their normal pattern, trying to create FOMO, trying to sort of ramp it up, trying to encourage you to bid at a certain price, all the stuff that they would normally all do. All that atmosphere that they normally build, you know, encouraging people to relax and, and have a bit of a laugh and, and get involved in the bidding. That, that you, you actually can see that, but you just can't see the other bidders. No. And, you know, I interviewed another auctioneer it, literally a few weeks back for the elephant in the room. Um, oh, mental blank. How could I forget his name? Um, Jesse, J- Jesse Davidson. And he he's uh, because I wanted to understand from an auctioneer's point of view, really what's going on behind the scenes, you know, what's different for them. So if you're interested in those episodes, I'll probably put the links in the show notes. Hey, so you can actually go back and mm. listen to those particular episodes. And you know, he was basically saying that as an auctioneer, he's getting better at it, better at using the medium, better at using video, better at actually using to generate FOMO and all, all the sort of emotional pulls that they will actually try in a live auction when you're on site. They're getting, you know, the, those that are particularly talented at are, are quite good at doing it. So that was quite telling. But, and so that's sort of like the the next best from a buyer's point of view, but I still don't love it. I do not love it. Mm. We'll talk about why we don't love it in a minute. And the third type is the worst from a buyer's <laughs> point of view, the worst, and that's the eBay style or where there is actually no auctioneer calling anything. It is the, So what they do, they actually they give you a time lot and usually it's a 15 minutes auction, right? And so people in there bidding, like you're bidding for artwork online or eBay or whatever, and I've done this. I actually tested this out by buying personally by buying artwork before all this came online because <laughs> I wanted to test my various theories out. I figured buying art, you know, I could buy something lovely for the home and it doesn't matter if I overpay or whatever a little bit because 
<laughs> it's cheap compared to testing this out on Art property. Art is worth what you pay for it, isn't it, Veronica? And that's true. But it's also it's a, a lot lower risk than buy, trying to do this <laughs> testing it out buying property. So so what what happens with the eBay style is that there's, as I said, there might be 15 minutes time. And so people bid and, and it's all, you just watch the numbers come up and they'll just be a, like a, a rolling scroll of images of the property at the top and silence. It's sort of a bit weird, right? And then it gets to the last five minutes and the time, the really the time start ramps up and it's like, right, this is going to be closed in five minutes, five minutes left, highest bid, blah, 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 right? Assuming it's over reserve. And then if somebody bids again, the timer resets for another mm. five minutes. So, and then you watch this. So there was one that, that we're, we were aware of recently that went for 75 minutes because oh. people just kept bidding. Yeah. in the five minutes and every yeah. time it reset. And what happens there is that you, oh, my God, FOMO. So basically if I was a selling agent, I would definitely choose that way mm-hmm. if I had loads of people about to register because they the auctioneer does, is not needed to make these people bid. Like the timer is magic. There's no intervention whatsoever. None. None. And none from the it. agent, none, none, none from anywhere. And the ones that we've bid on, which just do my head in, um, personal <laughs> opinion expressed there, uh, <laughs> but the, the ones that we've bid on, you actually, they weren't actually under auction conditions either. You could actually have conditions and be bidding on this online auction. It was actually on one of the major portals that the auction was run. But you could bid along the way up to the finish time. So it could you, 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 the price actually changed on the portal for the listing according to what the bid was in the days leading up to the auction. Oh, so, so that's one of those days-long auctions. That's like yes. the one that David Scholes was talking about in the first place for the Outback. They're not like 15-minute ones. That's actually another mm, another type where they totally go for different days. One on the yeah. Mage. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So so someone goes, oh, oh, God, that's cheap at $8.75. Mm. God, I'd pay $9.50 for that. You know, and then the, the actual price that's on the online auction listing on the major portal, um, li- listing portal, then changes. Mm. But as you come towards the, um, so you've got to register and be identified and so forth, but the the owner doesn't have to accept the highest bid. There's actually not a reserve ever allocated to, to that particular bidding style. Gets to the end and, as you say, with, with the other style, the eBay style, another five minutes, another five minutes, and it keeps sort of going on until the, the time has has lapsed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that person can buy that property for that price because there's no reserve and it can be conditional. So it's just like an expression of interest bidding war. <laughs> that's nuts. We've bought one this way and we've bought, we've missed out on two this way. And, and I tell you, it's a very, very frustrating. Strategy is very hard to, to actually develop to, to be um, successful with these ones. So that would be, and this is the, this is the the challenge, I guess, with all of these is from us as a buyer's agent and you as a buyer trying to work out your strategy because mm. the rules have changed. And you know, and I talk to my clients about, or I often talk about going to auction, and, and anyone who's read the book, 
<laughs> auction ready will know I love auctions. I think they're fascinating. I, I love them from, I don't necessarily love to buy from them. I just love the psychology of an auction yeah. and what's really going on. I'm fascinated by them. And so I will often talk to my clients about my tool belt and the, the things that I have in my tool belt that I can use during an auction because I can see what's going on. And I also understand what's going on. So I know what to do when. Now, this comes from years and years and years of experience and also mm. the very fact that I spend so much time studying them. Whereas in on an on-site auction, I don't have the same visibility. I don't have the same things in my toolbox, my tool belt, tool belt if you like. I'm really limited to the, um, the bidding increment and even then I don't have full control because some of these actually control the bidding increments. Yes, you know? yeah, they do, um, yeah. So, and, and what I mean by that is that I like to mix it up. I don't, we're in a typical auction, people will, you know, they'll start bidding bid, they might bid in $20,000 lots or $50,000 lots or whatever, and they'll break it down to, to tens, they'll break it down to fives or break it down to hundreds, uh, thousands and so on. And you know, as you get closer to the end of the auction, everyone's bidding in one thousands or five hundreds, right? That's mm. that's um, the sort of normal way it happens. Whereas I like to think, well, okay, if I'm going to bid, if, if I've, prepared to pay a lot more what's so i don't have to bid what the auction is asking me for if they're calling for a twenty thousand dollar bid i can give them 25 why not because i know that someone is going to put 20 on top of the 20 you know what i mean it's all going to get there anyway so how i bid sort of doesn't matter as it's uh, certainly early on and so i will mix up and then the next time I might be 10 and then time after that I might be 15 and people thinking well what's going on and i like to keep people guessing when i bid <laughs> if you're in an auction that they're determining, well, no, the bids at the moment are 25. That's it. That's the only way mm. you can bid. And then if nobody bid, and what happens is they'll, they'll circle, they'll circle, they'll circle, they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait. Nobody bids 25. They go, okay, well, we'll let you give a 10. And then all of a sudden a few people will bid a 10 and then nobody nobody bids 10s anymore and then they go, okay, we'll drop the increment. So that's an example of an online auction where people with actual behind the scenes, the agent of the auction is controlling the increments. Mm, mm. So sometimes you, that is the case. And other times I can actually, I have flexibility to to submit my own price. And, and there's no rule to this. They change. And, and so you don't really know when you go into this auction what the terms are going to be or the restrictions are going to be on your bidding. So that's one thing that I don't have in my tool belt, that control yes, over what yep. I can bid. Yep. The other thing that I do have, and we all do have, is that we can bid fast or slow. And there are times when bidding fast is really a good idea and other times when bidding slow is a good idea. And so we still have that, you know, but when you're trying to type a number into a computer to bid, it can be frustrating. You add an extra zero by mistake and you have to wipe it and do it again, you know. It's actually, <laughs> even for me, it's quite hard to do. You not the extra zero. <laughs> no. and, and, you know, what? I actually, I have my client um, on, um, I have them on a Google um, Google Meet so they can actually, and that they're watching the screen and I'm watching the screen. So I've got a split screen on my computer mm. and my client on one side, I've got the actual auction on the other. And I'm talking to the client as if they're in my lounge room, you know, as mm. if we're in the lounge room together. And, you know, and I, and I could type it up and, and, you know, and, and then I'll share my screen with them sometimes and they go no don't pay. can't bid fifty thousand um, dollars can't bid five hundred million um, anyway it's it's just 
it, it's it, what I mean is that it's not like I can actually verbalize the offer. I have to mm. actually then type it, and there's a bit of clumsiness in that. So there is Veronica, and you and I both like to throw in odd numbers during mm. an auction just to make the auctioneer slow down and have to think about how to calculate the um, uh, the amount that the the bidding is up to, and and it just takes that away from the buyer to be able to do that uh, when you when you're limited by the increments that you can put in. It does. And so you can't scare people as easily online as you can mm. offline. You know, you can't make people think that person's never going to give up in quite and, the and same way. No idea how many people have registered. None whatsoever. You know, no. in an auction, you can stand there, you can see, you can see who's on the phone, phone bidding. You can see who's got paddles. Um, in Victoria, you, you don't have to register, but in other mm. states you do. So you know who has registered to bid and who can legally bid and who can't. Um, it's always going to be neighbours watching uh, an auction if they're on the site at, at a property. You know, you, you discount those people, they're not going to buy it unless they're registered. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can't watch body language either. You can't. You, you, you can't even see how the auctioneer is is responding or how the agent is responding. You know, sometimes agents give a little bit away when it's getting close to a reserve because mm. they get a little bit excited. They smile a bit. They think, oh, I've got a deal coming now. Um, but you can't, you can't see that with online auctions and it takes away that human aspect of it um, that we Inter- like to interact with. Absolutely. But interestingly enough, the auctioneer can't see it either, except mm. for Zoom, right? The auctioneer is, is running a bit blind, Um in that regard. And so what's happening in the background, though, is that that agent is probably on the phone to bidders and and they're definitely texting them because I've received text messages during auctions where I've been mm. registered. Mm. And, and I know they do a final pass too. So they will drag it out. And, you know, so you're sitting there with the highest bid, which I've bought some and I've not bought some. Mm. You're sitting there with the highest bid waiting, 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 waiting. And you know they are, that agent is on the phone working the buyers, yeah. other buyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, that's their job. Look, let's let's yeah. face it. Their job is to get the highest price for the owner. Do these platforms get the highest price for the owner? I guess only time will tell when we start to see some sales data and compare that to on-site auction data versus private treaty data versus platform data. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it comes down to who who feels the most pressure and fears missing out the most during one of those, those online auctions. There's a lot of dangers, though. You know, we talked about some of the, the pros and cons, but there's actually a lot of dangers for buyers too. Mm. Look, I actually think that the online auction is doing just as good a job in a hot market as on site. Mm. I really do. But I think in a slow market, the on site auctions definitely would not do as good a job as as an on site auction when you've got the agent there and auction online there auctions can... wouldn't do as good a job. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so it's certainly um, it's certainly market specific. And I think because basically the entire country is in a bit of a hot market now that, mm. um, you know, there's no reason for agents not to take properties to market online. But I think we would see them vanish if the market was different. I really do. And the other thing too that I think is really interesting is that pre-auction offers is usually a sign of a slowing market. And when I say it's usually a sign of a slowing market, when agents are willing to accept an offer prior to auction, and certainly when agents are um, trying to orchestrate offers prior to auction, Mm. that is a sign that they don't have as much interest in a property as they would like to have. And if you're the only interested party, or certainly they suspect that you are 
prepared to pay a lot more than anybody else, they're going to really do what they can to actually get you to make an offer prior to auction. Now, in a so that's in a sell in sorry in a buyer's market when there's less buyers around. That's what agents will do with pre-auction offers. Whereas in a seller's market, they don't want pre-auction offers. They don't need pre-auction offers. They want to take it to auction. It's cleaner for them, easier for them to actually take properties to auction. Buyers, however, do want to make offers prior because they're trying to avoid the competition. So what I've noticed with the online space as well is that there's a hell of a lot more flexibility with an agent as to when they hold that auction. So they might schedule it, might be advertised to be 11 a.m., you know, Saturday, the whatever, um, and then they start getting people wanting to make offers. They just bring it forward. Yeah. They just move the auction forward. So I, I've had a call say, well, the auction was going to be next Saturday. Now it's going to be tomorrow. Or it's going to be two days' time. Yeah. And so this is not uncommon. So you have to be ready when you, if a property is going to be um, sold online and you think, oh, cool, I've got till the, you know, two weeks' time to get ready for that property, you actually probably don't have time Mm, because if mm. it is very competitive um, and people are throwing offers at them and they will wrap it up, they will say, right, we've got enough interest, let's take it to auction in two days' time or whatever. Mm, You've mm. got to suddenly get ready and be uh, online and ready to bid online. Mm. So that is something that I've really noticed a big difference with, whereas when they've scheduled an auction and they've booked an auctioneer, for an on-site auction, the logistics of moving it around is a lot harder, mm. whereas online, so much fl- more flexible. So that is a, um, a danger for buyers to be aware of, to be very wary of that. And the other thing too is that, and this is one thing I've heard from auctioneers, is that they love the fact, even though technically you can't sign a contract when you're under the influence of alcohol, the amount of people that are sitting there with their, as I said, their glass of red wine or their beer, and they've had a few under their skin, particularly if it goes 75 minutes, they could be a little bit under the weather by the time they actually sign that contract. They could be a little bit impaired. Yes. And and, then, and there's a really good reason why you shouldn't drink alcohol and bid at an auction or sign a contract. And that is because if you, you've had a couple and you're feeling sort of a, a bit of bravado and, you know, your, your um, defences are down, uh, you actually can't the next day say, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean to pay that much for that property. I, I, I can't go ahead with it. It's, it's unconditional. It's a done deal. Um, so if, if, any, if there's any kind of impairment, it's not a way to get out of a contract. No. Oh, dear. And how would they prove it anyway? You know, <laughs> um, well, FOMO. That's, you know, that's your own fault. <laughs> FOMO, I think, in a way, can be ramped up more online. I really do. I suspect that there's probably, you know, and look, I don't, I'm only just going with my gut feel on this one, but I sort of feel like online, you know, there's, I don't know, maybe as a. Have you a, seen it, Veronica? So, so some of the, the auctions that, that, the online auctions that you've, bit at what what are the mm. sort of behaviors that you've seen there are you seeing people respond really quickly are, are you seeing you know what are some of the things a that mix. you've seen i've seen a mix and i've seen people that started it end it and i've seen people that only come in at the end a lot of the similar behavior you would see on mm. site whereas you yeah. know you got those people that think oh, i'm not going to bid until it's on the market so there's definitely that oh that ramping it up is going to be sold sort of thing and then you get other times when uh you know, it actually struggles a little bit, you know, for whatever reason. They've pushed it a bit hard. But, you know, they've sort of got everyone captive at that point. And you, even though there might not be any bids coming onto the to the screen, 
you're sort of looking around. You can't see other people unless it's Zoom. Once again, you can't see other bidders. You can't see whether they've just got nah, nah, we're done. There's none of that mm. sort of body language. Um, and so the actual pressure of it, I, I just think the pressure is slightly more intensified online than it is mm-hmm. in person. Um, and the resetting clocks, I just think that that is <laughs> diabolical, really. <laughs> um, and the other thing too, the, the thing that does concern some people is, well, what if there's a technical glitch? What if my computer freezes? What if, you know, what if, um, oh, I, I don't know how what to. What if I lose my press- internet access? Yeah. And, and I can tell you right now, once you're registered, they won't let that thing be sold until they've been made contact with you. Like the agents are aware of technical glitches and they are aware that they can, the old analog method, pick up the phone and talk to mm. you. They mm. will do that. And, so it, weirdly, and, and this was like um, Jesse Davidson when I was interviewing, he said, oh, there's the type of bidders like my dad, my dad type bidders. He will want to talk on the phone. He doesn't want to sit there on an app and punch in yep. numbers. And so there will be the, you know, granddad bidding, if you like, that that someone is going to actually prefer to talk to an agent. And so they'll do phone bidding. Um, they can still register, um, but they'll do phone bidding with mm. the with the agents. So those agents won't let the fact that technology sometimes has little failures or the internet might f- drop out, they won't let that get in the way. The only way that they'll get in the way is if someone's in the middle of an eBay auction. But even then, um, there's, you know, I've heard of people picking up the phone and talking to the agent and, you know, so they can put a halt on it. They could do all sorts of things in the back end and they will make sure that if you are there ready, willing and able and can sign a check, so to speak, then they will allow you to bid and they will do everything they can to allow you to bid. I think that I think that raises a really good point, Veronica, because we often hear one of those pieces of, you know, ad- advice, and I use that very loosely when I use the, the word advice, from from people who may have, you know, watched um, auction shows on television or or, or or seen, heard, got advice from, you know, someone at the water cooler that you you want to hold your cards close to your chest and not not let the agent know that you're actually interested. This is a classic example of where you need to make sure the agent knows that you are interested because if you haven't expressed interest and you're trying to sort of slide under, slide in very quietly and and you're just hoping to, you know, swing in at the end and make a knockout bid and and purchase it, if you have any of these technical glitches or if something happens to the side or there is some need for off the floor, we call it off the floor negotiation where the agent is talking to buyers to move things along. Um, if any of these these things happen and you haven't shown your hand to a degree, and I don't mean your whole hand, uh, but but at least expressed interest to the agent, then I, I, that agent isn't going to talk to you. And you may miss the opportunity to, to actively be involved in any kind of off the platform discussions or, or receive phone calls if if something's moving along, if there's a technical glitch, if you know you're sitting there at a frozen screen and and thinking, oh, no one else is bidding, I might have this, and and your screen's frozen, you have no idea what's going on. So it's really important to have had that interaction with the agent and to have expressed your interest, um, and particularly in Victoria where you don't have to register, if you haven't expressed your interest, you're not going to be able to participate in any sort of um, off off-the-floor discussions or phone calls that happen between the agent and the buyers. So, yeah, you know, the right amount of cards close to your chest, but don't hold the whole deck close to your chest because one of those cards actually might be the one that you need to to show to the agent to actually get them to interact with you for you to be the successful buyer. 
Such a good point. And I think at the end of the day, you can't, if, if you're in an area that's very auction oriented and it happens to be that the only way you can bid for that property is, is online and it happens to go on, uh, it's an online auction property, then you're going to have to learn to deal with it and learn yeah. to actually bid online. And so that's the reason we've done this episode. But also um, because I think, and Megan, you alluded to this earlier, I don't necessarily think that online will take over from on-site once, you know, lockdowns mm. are uh, uh, a thing of the past, hopefully one day. And they will be. Um, <laughs> one day, one day. But and a lot of auctioneers have said to me that they do believe that there'll be a bit of a hybrid model moving forward. And I think, you know, you alluded to it before, you know, with a lot of interstate buyers, for instance, buying in Brisbane, you know, online gives them the opportunity to actually bid with more transparency. It's actually better than being on the phone to a, uh, onto a, to um, an agent. To an yeah. agent. I mean, mm. ideally, I, yeah. <laughs> you, you'd be using a buyer's, <laughs> a buyer's agent, agent <laughs> to do the bidding for you and they're representing your interests. Yeah, mm. good point. But those people, but, there are still people who will give an agent, a real estate agent, selling agent instructions over the phone. Which I find bizarre and I've watched and yeah, listened to people, you know, taking bids from from buyers and think, oh, really? And, and I hear what the agent's saying to them. It's not advisable. It really is not advisable. So yeah. um, hope you've enjoyed this one and... Get out there and start bidding. No, that's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> no, do, do your <laughs> Don't research. Be scared. The, the really big thing is to talk to the agent before the online auction so you understand what the rules of engagement are. Yeah. You understand how it's going to happen. Then you can put your strategy together of what you're going to do. You need to understand how, how the auction is going to be run, um, mm. what happens in different scenarios. Can you have conditions? You know, auctions should not be have conditions, but some are having conditions, which is not an auction. Um, well, it, or you it, can actually be. It's certainly in, in Sydney we do this often. We bid with our own unique conditions. Now, technically, a, puri- a purist would actually offer those same conditions to every single buyer, right? Mm, but that's not mm. really the way it actually happens. But, but yes, you're right. You're buying unconditionally. You're not. It's not a conditional sale where you got time afterwards to sign a contract and wait for <laughs> various things to come true. Probably electronically you know. signed. But, yeah, yeah, I guess the point being talk to the agent, understand the process, be really clear about it, be really clear about well, what happens if I do, if my internet does drop out, who do I ring, how do I stay involved. You have to have these I think it's more important than ever that you have these conversations yeah. on a platform like this, which is a little bit experimental, a little bit new. Um, there's not a lot of depth of research or, or experience for, for people to offer. We're all learning as we go and, and trying to impart what we've learned in the, the number of auctions, small number of auction, online auctions that we've done. And no doubt as, as the year progresses, um, we'll have some more to add too. So we, we may even do another episode further down the track, but talk to the agent who is selling the property. 100%. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.